It's the way that Mando kind of looks over at the Grogu. Like he's surprised. Yes. Yeah, like what's wrong with him today, you know? What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny's The Mandalorian Breakdown. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the saddest boy I know, Barrett Courtney. I'm going to have nothing to say mm-hmm. for right now. Okay. Because what I have to say at the beginning of this is going to be slight spoilers for this episode. But we've got a get big guest boy here calling in live from... Uh, London? Yes. Somewhere, London. Uh, somewhere in England. Star Wars um, Celebration, right. baby. From Star Wars Celebration. So I want to give Carboni the stage uh, today before he has to go uh, have a fun evening. Yeah, because Carboni has not oh, seen this episode right. yet. But we want to get the, the, the straight from the man's mouth. How's it going over there? Uh, it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, Celebration was just perfect this year. Couldn't have, couldn't have gone better. I, I love. I think all the announcements were. I mean, I don't know how it, how it felt from from an audience perspective, but I can tell you from from up on our stage and watching everything as it happened, just amazing energy and wonderful wonderful announcements and just so many so many wonderful moments. I mean, um, yeah, from our yeah. end, it was it was really exciting. Like you know, uh, live reacting to the or not live reacting, but reacting to the Ahsoka trailer, talking about all the big stuff that came out from Friday, and then throughout the weekend, just being able to see all the other little updates uh, that w- just felt like got me more and more hyped and like kind of reinvigorated, just like my excitement for Star Wars in the future. So. A lot of cool stuff, yeah. you know, the movies, the shows, like everything they're talking about. I'm like the games, like I'm I'm pretty interested. But dude, you were there, you were on stage. I saw all the pictures. First off. You were looking so damn good. So Every good. single outfit you had was impeccable. But I want to know what, like, I want you to go off on the like humble brag. Who gives a shit? Go for it. Name drop. Do the thing. What are the coolest things that happened to you this week? I finally got to meet. I finally got to meet Mon Mothma, our our beautiful hero, Genevieve yes. O'Reilly, and sit and do an interview with her. And she was so brilliant. Uh, the entire cast of Andor was wonderful. I got to I got to speak to our 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 sweet our boy Cyril, Cyril Figgis. Um, <laughs> Cyril Kyle is he's he's amazing. Denise Goff who plays Dedra, uh, uh, Audria who plays Bix Colleen. We got to hang out a little bit, and they are just the sweetest, most wonderful people. And I, I'll tell you, everybody who's working on Andor is having the time of their life, and they love each other, and they are fuck. It's 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 funny because like we love Andor because it is like the 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 most serious like character wrenching Star Wars series, but these are some of the fucking funniest people I've ever hung out with in my life. Hell yeah, they are hilarious. Um, Gwendolyn Christie came back. I got to talk Sick. to Gwendolyn Christie. I got to kiss her on the hand and call her my captain. Ooh. <laughs> Classic. She's, she's tall, tall lady. <laughs> I heard. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I finally got to finally got to speak to Ming uh, to Ming Na. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, that, that must have been incredible. Yeah. Right beforehand, so we had Emily Swallow come in. Uh, I was it was Emily, Carl, and uh, Giancarlo came out together and Christina. No, no big deal, him. Carl. I know. Just you know, He's Carl. He's boy Carl. Carl. Carl fucking Weathers. <laughs> <laughs> Apollo Creed. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Action Jackson came out and um, uh, Christina interviewed them and we had built for everybody uh, to sit around our stage. Like the round table was the forge this year and the forge could actually light and like give off smoke and fire. That's really cool. And so when Emily came up, she like she like grabbed the tools immediately and they started the forge going. Um, And it was awesome. And I told Ming-Na about that. I was like, 
I was like, yeah, yesterday, you know, because she was like, this is so cool that you all built this. And uh, props, uh, shout out to the to the Belgian builders who build our stage every year. They're an amazing crew. But she was really blown away by it. Um, and I was like, yeah, yesterday Emily came and we lit the forge for her and blah, blah, blah. And she turned to me and she goes, so what are you going to do for me? And I looked at her <laughs> and I went, I looked at her and I grabbed her by the shoulders and I went, I've been a fan of yours since the single guy. We will put on whatever you want. I'll do anything you want. And she was like, ooh, that's a good answer. Good answer from you. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't gush very often with guests because I, I, I think it puts off sort of the, the wrong vibe before, before an interview. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they want to like, you know, you want to feel like, hey, we're just two people like doing our job and I love what you do, but I'm not weird about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did get a little weird with Ming-Na. <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, yo, you are an inspiration. Everything you've done. I can't believe it. I had the st- I, and then I literally went into I had the Street Fighter, the movie fighting game for the Saturn. Fuck yeah. And you were- I was like, and when you beat it, you got that music video and you're in the music video. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The music video. Tell me why. Tell me why. And I was like. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you had a moment with Mignon Wen about the Street Fighter movie video game. Like secret ending. (laughs) You had to beat. You had to only Carboni, man. Without I think without a loss to get that music video. But she was so funny, and and you know she's like the real deal. Uh, she and Dave went to the same high school, Filoni, and Dave oh. says, "Man, if there's anybody who knows as much about Star Wars as I do, it's it's Ming Na Wen." Hmm. Um, and she plays it down, but she she knows it all. Hell yeah. She knows it all. That's so, awesome. So so that was that was really fun. I mean, there were there were a lot of really wonderful moments. Um, I got my picture taken with Gormanda from the Star Wars Holiday Special. It's I'm canon. so happy for you. Yeah, that seems it's like the most up your alley thing possible. It's, <laughs> it's very me. I got to see, I got to see James Arnold Taylor meet you and McGregor. That that That's I saw that cool. picture, and that was like a goddamn. Look at these boys. James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Titus from Final Fantasy X, which is the shirt That's that right. I'm wearing, but also the voice of Obi Wan and Ratchet. Everybody asked him to do the hello there, but the first time I meet him, I was I met him. I was like, do the Titus laugh. Oh my God, <laughs> he loves that. Don't tell me you asked him that. Oh yes. my God! I was like, you got to do the Titus laugh, man. Um, but it was so funny. He came by with a picture of him and you and McGregor. You know, uh, after after they met, they went and they did the official photo thing, and he came by, and no big deal. But it was me and Christina and some of the crew and Ashley Eckstein all hanging out and taking pictures up on stage. No big deal. And James walks by, and he's like, "Look, look!" And I looked at him, and I go. Hey man, you should hold on to that. That autograph's worth at least two hundred dollars. <laughs> God. So, did you get to hang out with Dave Filoni? Uh, Dave and John are highly and heavily booked oh, throughout yeah. the whole weekend, and they've got st- they're, they're still shooting stuff. Oh, wow. oh yeah. Um, but uh, but I did get to chat with them a little bit. We had the sweetest. We had the sweetest little. Scottish mom, who was our stage manager, Sandy, shout out Sandy, just the absolute most adorable woman in the world. And uh, she go, she was like, you know, I, I don't I don't know very much about the Star Wars yet. I haven't watched it. But my boys over the pandemic, they told me that I have to watch the Marvel movies and I watched them all. And I heard I heard that John Favreau is going to be here. And I was like, 
I was like, yeah. She's like, that's, she's like, he's from Iron Man. He made that, he's Happy Hogan. I was like, yeah, he's Happy Hogan. And she's like, and he, I, he directed like so many. I was like, yeah, he directed them. She's like, I can't, I was like, Sandy, we're going to get you a picture with John Favreau. We're going to get you yeah. a picture for you to send back to your sons. And he came up and I was like, John, this is Sandy. She has no fucking clue what a Star Wars is. <laughs> But she and her sons have like sat and watched every Marvel movie recently, and she's in love. And he goes, "We got to send a picture of your kids. We have it. to send That's a picture awesome. of your kids. They're gonna lose it. Wait until they see this." And it was it was so wonderful. I got um, I got my sister a picture with you and McGregor. She only knows two Star Wars characters: the baby, and <laughs> and she doesn't say you. She doesn't say Obi Wan. She says. And Ewan McGregor. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The baby and Ewan McGregor, everyone's favorite. Killer character. mustache at this celebration. You see the pictures of Killer McGregor? Oh powerful. my gosh, powerful! It's got to be. It's got to be for a role or something because he also has like this like wild hair that he had like combed back. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was it was good and meeting everybody from the Acolyte. These, let me tell Ooh, you, everybody yeah. from the Acolyte, they're the real deal. Leslie Headland, who's the showrunner, she uh, she did uh, Russian Doll. She is oh. the real deal. Um, she started off writing Star Wars fan fiction when she was a kid. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> she knows. She knows everything. She was. I like. I had two minutes with her, and we were talking. She's bringing up EU stuff. She's bringing up uh, species that I haven't heard about in years. <laughs> She's talking about the things that she loves about it. She is. She's it. She's it. She's amazing, and the cast is the cast are so amazing. Uh, uh, Jung Jae Lee, who was uh, the dad in Squid Game, who plays like a Jedi Master that we don't know about yet. Um, and then, uh, and then Ray Stevenson, uh, who of course was Saxon Gar yeah. in, in the in the Clone Wars, but most people know as the bad guy from RRR, the best movie, one of the best movies. I figured out what I figured out what I knew him from, and he's one of Thor's pals in the Thor movies. <laughs> he is. That's so funny. He's, and he's just like, he's the just Warriors like one of those three. big, yep. you hope that like when, or you hope that like Gar Saxon, sorry, uh, when you when you come in, when you see him, you want to be 60 years old and looking like this dude. He has that most interesting man alive vibe, Ray mm, Stevenson. Yeah. He okay. walked up and he was wearing like a linen shirt that's like like three buttons unbuttoned and like a cool little chain with like weird charms on it and like and like rope bracelets like he's a sailor, but like has he been in a boat? Does he like does he know how to sail? It doesn't matter. He just looks like the coolest old barrel chested man you've ever seen in your life. And he plays some sort of knight in the acolyte. Like he says like my character certainly has a lightsaber and certainly some sort of Jedi or Sith, but who knows what I am? And I was like, I was like, okay, what did you take the inspiration from your character for? We can mm. ask you that without spoilers. And he said, an Arthurian knight. Mm. And I was like, wait, but half of them wound up betraying Arthur. He's like, that's right. <laughs> interesting interesting we got carboni on I, the streets getting getting the the info straight yeah, from the horse's exactly. mouth you'll love to see it yeah carboni, um, i, I want to let i know you're you're busy over there in london so i want to let you go in a sec but uh any yeah. any closing thoughts on your time over at celebration yeah um it was wonderful to do this over in europe this year 
uh, so many people who haven't been able to go to one because the the last you know for the uh, the last few years we've been doing the majority of them in America. Mm. Um, so people haven't been able to make it over, and it was wonderful how many people came up to me and told me it was their first celebration and how much fun they had. It's always amazing to be in that room and like let me tell you something. Whatever whatever quibbles the internet has, whatever arguments we get into, whatever whatever's going down in the press, no matter what it is. Um, when you're in that room with, you know, 20,000 Star Wars fans, it is just all love and it's all positivity. And you really remember why, why it is we love it so much. And so, um, it was a really, it was a really, really beautiful moment. Uh, it was a really, really beautiful time. Uh, I, I gave, I gave a shout out during my Anthony Daniels, uh, feud segment this year. Uh, to everybody who's neurodivergent, who sees themselves in droids and why droids are so important to people. Uh, and so many people, um, so many people came, uh, uh, came up to me afterwards and told me, you know, how much they loved everything, uh, and how much that meant to them. And I met so many people who have chronic pain conditions like I do, who said hello, and they're all walking around on lightsaber canes. And Sick. helping each other out. I got invited to like I got invited to like 15 different groups of people who are like Star Wars fans that deal with chronic pain or Star mm. Wars fans that deal with like neurodivergence. And like it's just a wonderful community. And I'm so I'm so so excited that we're that we all get to be a part of it. Star Wars is so fucking wonderful. Hell yeah. And I can't and I can't wait to be in fucking Japan in 2025, baby. Favorite place. Let's go. Love that, man. All right. You have a great night. I know you have a fancy dinner to get to. I want to hear all about that. Uh, but watch this episode as soon as you can, Carbone. Oh, as soon as you can. It's a it's a good one. I'll be I'll probably be texting you on the plane tomorrow as I'm watching it. I love it. I love it. All right, man. All right, y'all. Have a great time. Gotta love that guy. Anthony yeah, Carboni, one of the, the one of the best of us. I he is say. one of the best of us. Um, you know, I'm gonna get into the ring roll now. <laughs> I know here. he is. Uh, this is the kind of funny screencast, <laughs> of course. Every single week, YouTube.com/slash kind of funny. We're breaking down the Mandalorian. Only one to go. The finale next week, but of course, we'll yeah. be here with the full crew. It's gonna be me, Barrett, Carboni, and Sage. Mm. All of us giving our thoughts on mm. the finale of season three of the Mandalorian. Uh, you can get it on YouTube.com/slash kind of funny, RoosterTeeth.com as a video. If you want to get it as a podcast, search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast, and we will be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad free though you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers tripod plus plus james hasting casey andrew nathan lamoth and al tribesman have done we appreciate all of you so very very much um because of your support over on patreon you are not going to have to hear our sponsor reads but for everyone else here is one Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use. Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right, you, you, you out there. 
you could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money and it can help you too. Stop throwing away your money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to Rocket money.com slash kind of funny that's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny r-o-c-k-e-t-m-o-n-e-y.com slash kind of funny hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So here we are, Barrett. The penultimate episode of The Mandalorian Season 3. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I hear you did too. I want to let you go off. What did you think about this episode? Tim, you might remember, ever since we've started covering Star Wars together in an episodic format based off of the streaming platform Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Usually when we're reviewing things weekly, I like to start the episode of our review covering whatever we're covering, whether it's Bad Batch, Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian Season 2, what have you. I like to try to Kenobi. start... Kenobi. Andor. I like to try to start off the episode with a quote from the episode. And you might be wondering, well, Barrett, where have you been this entire season? With Mandalorian. You haven't been doing that. Some would say, I forgot. But some would say, others would say, maybe it's the season's fault a little bit. Because no quote has stood out to me as being important enough Mm. to start an episode Mm. off with. Tim, I've got a quote for you today. I have one too. Tim, your song has not been written. I will serve you until it is. My quote for you, based on that, is yes, yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. What a great quote, man. That, that shit was fucking awesome. They were in, they were in their, the writer's team in their bag here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- th- continue going off, though. What, what do you think of this episode? I thought this was fantastic. You know, we, we've been, you know, the last month it felt like every week we're kind of coming in here having different types of fun each week maybe you know uh fun and like the goofy like this was not a great episode but still you know trying to ride the wave sorts of way but every week it felt like this season has had a problem uh focusing on what it wants to do uh and this episode kind of just said no here here it is here it is we promise we we were we were building up to something and it really reminds me or not reminds me just it really made me think of the fact that a lot of the interesting stuff from this season was a lot of the subtext what's going on in the background what's going on with the universe as a whole and i think my biggest problem with this season so far is that i wish that subtext was just more of the text rather than lizzo and jack black being the text right uh, and here we finally get the encompassing what we've been building to a little bit uh, subtly in the background, a little bit not so subtly. And the way everything came to a head this week, going into the fa- finale for next week, like I, this is the first week where I'm like, I need this next episode now. 
Yeah. Like right now. And so, yeah, I absolutely adored this episode. I'm right there with you where it's like, this is the first time that I'm excited for next week in a way yep. that I'm like, oh shit, what is going to go down? I am also disappointed. We only have one left. Like yeah. this, it, this is an, an episode that I think is difficult to talk about because I am very high on it. Very mm. positive on it. I just wish that this is what the Mandalorian was more. Yeah. Uh, and I'm more consistently and in a better paced kind of flow yeah. because, you know, beat the dead horse a thousand times the boba fett in between uh seasons two and three of mandalorian that weird kind of story pacing has continued throughout this season yep and i'm not too against it because i'm here for the star wars every week mm -hmm. i'm here for just mm -hmm. getting a little bit it doesn't get a little adventures yeah i'm cool with that stuff because yeah. like i get what they're building it was clear from episode one of this season like all right cool they're getting the mandalorians together mm -hmm. how are they going to do that I don't know. And they ended up doing it in kind of the most basic, obvious way possible yeah. of just like, yeah, we're going to go and just ask them. And then they're all going to join us. And like, there was something anticlimactic of them all getting together in this episode. Oh, see, I didn't think of it as anticlimactic. I felt it as tense. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah. Cause that wasn't like a, them coming together this episode didn't feel like the, oh, we've done it. And all these different tribes are together and it feels so good. It's like they're not quite there yet. And I, that's what it read to me like is that so, like especially when Bo shows up with her fleet, uh, you know, being the new leader, uh, like uh, kind of taking her people back under her wing again. And they all show up uh, on Navarro and like all of them just take off their ma like their helmets, almost feeling like in spite of yeah. like being Look like, at us, fuck you, like yeah. we're, you know, like we're us. Uh, and I felt that tension throughout the entire episode. So, yeah, I didn't feel like this big like, holy shit, they're all together. It was like a. All right, things are shaky, and like maybe, maybe they come together eventually. I wonder if that's what next week's episode is going to be with you know the stakes that are going into the fi finale of like, all right, this is the crew, and they're figuring their shit out. Some people are sacrificing themselves to save you know people from the other side of the Mandalorian. Like, I, I, I think we might get that next week. No, totally, totally. And yeah. like, sorry to be clear, I'm not talking about the moment of them getting together and oh, it's mm, all working. I'm yeah. literally talking about them all being together. Like, gotcha. It just kind of feels. Like, it feels rushed as hell of, like, boom, okay, yeah. cool, now we're together. Why are they together? To face who? What? Oh, Moff Gideon's back. Guess what? It's the end of a Mandalorian See, I, season. I, I, I think, he's going to be here. Yeah. and um, like, But it's the problem is that that's the exciting stuff, though. It's like, once he's here, it's like, wow, the quality of the story going on in this episode, I'm like, this is fucking cool as shit. Like, everything going on with the Praetorian Guard and all that, like, <laughs> we're seeing the rise into what will eventually become the sequel trilogy. And, yeah. like, we, we've seen this coming. We've seen the hints of... um them talking about all the the cloning stuff but it is at its head now it just i feel a little frustrated that it kind of feels like what's gonna happen in mandalorian season four some story and in the last two episodes moff gideon's gonna come back it's like <laughs> it feels weird that like this yeah. just keeps happening again over like and over uh, and over. like i was saying i felt like the subtext for the first six episodes of the season should have been the text let's introduce bo's side of the the mandalorian and what they're doing a little bit earlier let's make all of that build up to Bo being their commander again, a little bit earned. Let's not do an episode where Bo's just kind of, uh, life is hard. And then kind of a completely 180, like. Immediately. <laughs> yeah, immediately. And like, I could see the trajectory they wanted to go on. Totally. And I was on board for that. It was just, I don't feel like they knew the interconnective tissue to get from point A to point B, uh, which yes, is frustrating. It's why I do think overall this season of the Mandalorian, I think is the weakest season so far. But with that said, I tweeted this out last night. I think last night's episode is the best episode of the series. Ooh, I wouldn't go that far, but I do think I it's would. high up there. I agree with mm. you that I think this is probably the the top the least, three, least good 
top three. Uh, yeah, fuck it. Why not? You know, actually, I'm so torn, man. I'm just like, because I, I feel like they're, they're, they have everything in place now. I need to see what they're going to do with it, though. Like, mm-hmm. getting all the Mandalorians together, yeah. I still just feel like they're they're kind of table-setting in a way that uh, I... Am I cool? Now she has the dark saber. Bo is like the leader. It seems yeah. like she's going to be. Um, oh, oh, let's talk about this for a second. The armor is totally a fucking bad guy. I like I went back on really? it and reneged on it in the, the last couple episodes. This episode's called The Spies. Who had the hordes? When we see the reveal of uh Giancarlo's character having the the dark wearing the dark thing, having the thing, I'm like, oh, they're fucking working together. Yeah, and then she did. She did volunteer to take the exactly. sick ones back to the fleet. Which, but why like, would what she, she do that? Why did, what does she gain from being like, I don't know. They'll figure it out and tell us next. Or week. maybe like, fuck man. Yeah. That's, that's a thread that I did not think about. Cause granted I'm watching this episode at midnight uh, <laughs> and pausing every couple minutes to take notes on a bunch of other stuff. So uh, naturally I'm not going to be able to catch everything, but yeah, that's, that's an interesting thread. I know, that's really, really cool. See, I just took it like the, you know, because we also have um, what's your face? I gotta. I actually had to go into like looking up character names because I knew we were probably not gonna have Carboni today, so I wanted <laughs> to not just be like, "Oh, the lady, uh, Alia Kane on Coruscant," like because, killing the game, dude. Oh my god! The, yeah, start off that episode. My first note was, "Fuck, I love Coruscant." Coruscant, so cool. man, and they're it, using it so well in yes. these shows. Like, I I feel like they're they're giving a new life to Coruscant, and like. In every single one, getting the different perspectives of, okay, we've seen the Jedi Temple stuff. Now we're getting some of the ground level. Mm. Then we get the like the apartments in Andor and all that stuff. It's like they're doing a really good job using Coruscant in a post-original trilogy way that I, I think is going to add up to a much stronger mm. um, version of the future once we get there. And then what, like, why do we think eventually, will we ever get the story of why the uh, base of the New Republic changes systems, right? Because yeah. we know it's not Coruscant uh, by the time Coliseum of Force. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's a story that's explored eventually. Maybe. Some cool stuff that, uh, potentially there. I but do think it was interesting uh, sticking with the Coruscant uh, iconography and stuff. Yeah. When we get the, um, oh, fuck, I forgot if they n- named them, but kind of like, hey, we're all the bad guys, and like we're still with the Empire, and we're doing the holograph uh hologram thing yeah like i like that they were all in a circle and it felt very much like the jedi council yeah cool shit. there's a lot of reflective i i, I think they're called like the shadow like collective or something, something like, like that they say it they once like and it. it's like okay, <laughs> like <laughs> just in my in my head in that moment i was like at one point they sat down and were like what do we what do we fucking name ourselves what's something cool you know uh but even before that meeting because yeah like all of this is happening before even the title card hits right yeah first like nine minutes in this episode is popping off i just want to i took a moment to be like damn probe uh, probe droids are huge like you like it's you never really see one up close next to a human, but then when that probe droid uh, who's uh, uh, Moff Gideon getting in contact with uh, Aliyah, um, it's like, God damn, that thing is big. It was a little scary. It was, it a, was little a little scary. intimidating. Um, but yeah, I like that that's the transition to get us to, yeah, Moff Gideon's hanging out somewhere in a, in a secret uh, base somewhere. Walking through with the, the fucking episode one red Oh, the, the sick laser grid, dude. Uh, yeah, my in my notes here, like that was very Phantom Menace vibes, which like we don't use enough. We just don't. May, like maybe if we overuse it, maybe it loses its meaning. But yeah, the fact like... We can say what we want about Phantom Menace, but like that that fight sequence 
with cool. uh, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon Jinn, Darth Maul. Very cool. The duel and of the, the light, And then the light grid itself also brought in some cool tension. And I love that they're adding things on there. And then, like, with these... Uh, New-looking uh, first, like, early version of First Order troops, with dude. With Beskar armor? With Beskar armor. Like, all that shit. It's like, again, this show at, I think, most points when it's good is like, hey, fuck it. Let's just have fun with Star Wars. Yeah. And, like, they're doing that in such a cool way with uh, the Dark Trooper <laughs> stuff. And then, like, now these these new troopers that they have, yeah. they were cool. And the action scenes in this episode were, like, really fucking fun. Definitely up, uh, up the ante from last week's kind of, like, awkward-looking Mando awkward. uh, fight with uh, Bo and Act. Uh, but, yeah, it, it that moment of him walking and passing all the, the, the new-looking stormtroopers with the Beskar armor, and I had to pause to, like, really look at it, like... Yeah, it looks a little bit more bulky like the First Order, and it just, like, really took me back of, like, it's been a long time since season one where you had, like, the scientist meeting up with uh, uh, Werner Herzog with, like, the really dusty old Stormtrooper look of, like, they've really been building up something new for the last couple of years, and they're up to some shit. Uh, and also, you know, uh, 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 Gideon walking past uh, some some interesting well, back to tank. boys. I don't know if there's Snoke anymore. I, like, really? I, I... I mean, it has to be. The Praetorian Guards involved. That's true. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know what? I'm getting it like kind of mixed up with like maybe cloning Palpatine. But because he says at one Got point, it. like, I'm not interested in cloning. Yeah. <clears throat> and that I find interesting. There was, there was two things that were said. Um, yeah. And I need to rewatch this episode, man. There was a lot. There's a lot. Because uh, we get that. We get the Thrawn drop here. Right. Second, when all, the second time we've heard his name in the show. When they're when they're all talking about it. But they, they bring up Project Necromancer. Which and is then, like, is that a project to bring Palpatine back? And then they brought there was a, there was two things. There was Project Necromancer, and then someone in the chat help me out here. There was one other thing that I was like, <clears> okay, <throat> maybe they there they are two different aligned things where there's Palpatine and Snoke, or maybe the Snoke project just is attempts at Palpatine. Yeah, and like, and again, who knows of like the resources that Gideon is using to make his secret projects. Do the rest of them know exactly what he's trying to do with uh, if he's really a part of this Snoke plan? Uh, does um, does Thrawn really know what he's up to? We kind of theorized this a little bit talking about the Ahsoka trailer of like, all right, it seems like Gideon might be in leagues with Thrawn, but are they really truly serving the same full goal? And I think it's a very interesting of like they're. We might see a lot of infighting uh, in the early stages of the the First Order. Like, maybe this is Thrawn's thing that he's trying to do with Heir to the Empire type of stuff. But then, because Gideon calls out, he's like, where's Thrawn? Where is this guy? Yeah. He's never shown up to fucking meetings. I think it's time for new leadership. Does and Gideon who is he talking to? Yeah. Hux. General Hux. General fucking Hux. The father of little angry Weasley Hux from the sequel trilogy. And the actor's the brother of. Yeah, the, the actor is the uh, the brother of Domino Gleason, which is really, really adorable. I, yeah. I love little stuff like that. Uh, this episode, though, I mean, like, there's been hints uh, in seasons one, two, and even a little bit in three of the sequel connections. This was the one that just burst the door down, right? The yep. blast doors are open. It's like, yo, we're connecting to the sequels. We're going to try to make the, as much sense of this as we possibly fucking can. Yep. Uh, and it was just relentless. I feel like every five minutes, there was some new element that like was like, oh, this is tying yep. together. This yep. is tying together. And like, this I'm, is what we've been building exciting. to. Yeah. yeah. Like we're being now we're being very upfront of like we're trying to contextualize the sequels. Uh, and so, yeah, I loved the the 
quote of the return of Grand Admiral Thrawn will herald in the reemergence of our military. Yes, fucking it God fucking damn. will. Dude. But yeah, I, I love the possible infighting. I also love that when um, Gideon walks in, they're already in the middle of their meeting um, and they're kind of the other lieutenants are coming in and strategizing. One wants to kind of take over this hyperspace lane to like start looting. And then the other uh, kind of pushes it back against that and says, uh, we want to come across as unorganized warlords and not a collective unit somewhere along those lines. Mirroring, taking it back to Andor, the early parts of Skarsgård trying to make all of his little plans of building a rebellion all feel like noise. And that's what uh, the, the blonde uh, uh, lady is trying to figure out. Uh, Dedra. Back in, yeah, Dedra is trying to figure out of like she's kind of seeing through it and seeing like, oh, no, there's a pattern here. Yeah. And I love that into this stage of the early new republic trying to get its shit together definitely being spread too thin definitely falling back into failings of the empire and the old republic uh you know the people who survived and are remnants of the empire and are there for the cause right you know like they're like yeah we we love you know space fascism it's really cool we want to bring it back the fact that they're learning and using strategies from the rebellion is like holy shit man like that was that was one of my like weirdly get hype moments of like oh shit like they're learning from each other and it's a kind of complete flip from the era of uh the empire i don't know that and we've was, been seeing that, that, was, that even yeah. in the last couple episodes of mando yeah. it's like it's funny because it's like we we just have expectations for this and we see them pull it off sometimes like i feel like there there have been like maybe dc subtext plots like you're talking about uh, mm. going on this season that are like this kind of reminds me of andor of what i like most about it and it is these like the looks <clears throat> at the new republic and the failings of it already where it's like, oh, they are acting more like the Empire did, right? And then now we see the Empire, and they're acting like. And this shot again, going back to the Jedi Council uh, of it all, like that's that was intentional. And oh, then yeah. them ending it, saying "Long live the Empire," as the fucking a dark Mando theme plays, and it just says the spies. I was like, no, hell yeah, dude. God. Uh, and then of course, like we get into uh, Bo returning with her people. I love the little interaction with uh, Carl Weathers and his droid, and the droid's like, "They're." he's like no it's been repair if you look at the thing like it's fine it's trust me bro trust me and uh we get yeah Bo bringing her people back to the uh the remnants of death watch um and them kind of coming together there being tension and then all right we're gonna go on this expedition to mandalore i want to bring down a like uh we're gonna bring our fleet and then I want to bring down a small team to like go onto the surface and like do some reconnaissance. And if we can uh, like uh, secure the uh, the fours, we'll slowly bring in everybody else and try to figure it out. And I then like half of the people volunteer. I, I love it, dude. I love. I mean, that that was a hype moment of like that was them. Yeah. Kind of like, yo, we are Mandalorian. I will go. Yeah. I will go. Good for you. It was cool, but it, then eventually it was like. Okay, she asked for like a small team. Like I, I like we appreciate the volunteers, but like we really only need like maybe ten people. Like I, I just thought it was fun. So Kevin, you're here listening, right? Yep. So I know every once in a while you hear us talk about Mandalorian, a show you're not watching, That's and you're true. like, "What the fuck?" Like, <laughs> are they making these things up? Because yeah, some of the la- things I'm gonna I'm gonna be totally honest. Last week was real hard, like to believe that that was the truth. But it was the truth. <laughs> it was. What if I told you, Kevin? Huh? That they they had to go to Mandalore. You know where I'm going with this. They had to go to Mandalore, and like Mandalore is kind of like there's poison and there's stuff. It's, it's a little hey, dangerous, hey, hey, right? I know about Mandalore. It's so bad. 
They've been like kind of like teasing and building on like how what what's Grogu gonna do? And they tried to kind of get IG eleven. Remember IG eleven Taika oh, yeah, with yeah, destroyed? Yeah, yeah. Well, he, yeah. Died, right? they, they, he died. They tried to resurrect him and it didn't and then really he turned work. Into a murder bot it was a murder. Really scary scene. It was a whole thing. Yeah. The solution that they revealed last night uh-huh. was to hollow out his belly and to make him a mech suit oh, that okay. Grogu rides. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's he's IG twelve now. And Grogu uh, gets to is that use, how that works? That's that's, that's what, what they call now. <laughs> just like what what happened? Like so, like IG eighty eight, like IG eleven. Like no, no, IG eighty eight is like from uh, the original one, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So how does he like? We get, are we gonna get there eventually? I don't uh, know who who the fuck knows. But, this is happening after that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Gro- Grogu's here with his little mech, and he has two buttons. One button, yes, like, says yes, yes, and oh, one no. says no, 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 no. no. So it's no. it's like Ninja Turtles. Straight up. That's wild. So, yeah. Fuck and honestly, like, it, it, this is the weirdest, <laughs> like, the standout weird thing of the episode. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was sold by it. I fucking loved it. I it was love endearing as shit. Because, you know, you've been talking about the last two seasons of how Grogu is a little shit. Yeah. And, like, this just enhances that in it's- a new way that, like, he can actually, like, interact with the world, have some agency in stuff. Like, they kind of... Pay it off in a weird, like, not in a weird way, but in, in a way that hit me, right, where later on when they're, like, uh, when the surviving Mandalore who've been uh, abandoned on the planet are, like, rolling up with their cool fucking pirate ship, and they're like, hey, we can take you to the forge, and they're rolling up, and then, um, what is it, uh, uh, Vizsla and Axe have that fight. And then Din is like, hey, like, should we do something? And Bo's like, no, neither side can, like, interfere right now. It's just between them. And Grogu's the one who fucking stops them and goes, no. Yeah. And I... No. I just, <laughs> it, like, when you fucking write it on paper, I'm like, that sounds stupid as hell. But when you when you, you put it in action, I'm like, too. fucking hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fun, man. I also loved the... Um, the uh, I forget the, he used the, the, mech the name suit to eat snacks. Right. Straight, he straight up did use the mech suit to access and eat more snacks. And Kevin, let me tell you that the the way that the, they delivered the uh, IG twelve unit to Grogu is the the uh, Azelans, the Babu Frick guys, were the ones who made it for him. And one of the Azelans rides freak. up to yeah, and, and then he, he says he get like he goes, he goes bad baby, no squeezy. <laughs> What the fuck is this show? It's I love so it. good. It's so good. And the way the Azelan crawls off of yeah. the IG-12 unit, fucking hilarious. I, I don't know, man. It's dumb, but it's it's good Star Wars dumb. And I just want to shout out Carl Weathers. He also felt like he was having a lot of fun in this So episode. much Before fun. Before we get he, to the fucking real stuff that's happening. Carl Weathers had another great Mando in this one, so shout out to him Mando, for that. Mando, he brought him a little uh, Coruscant liquor. I liked that. Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, something that I, I've been really appreciating about the um, the Disney era of, of Star Wars, like Rogue One had a bit of this, and then um, pretty much every show has, every season has at least one moment of having the camera like on a spaceship and having mm-hmm. that ship go either from surface to space or space to surface in like one shot yeah and like going through the atmosphere and shit and i feel like this one had a really cool shot of that uh, of them like going in and it was like damn this is and impressive like even right Disney before Plus. that when they like uh arrive to mandalore coming out of like uh hyperspace the way that, like each ship hits like mm-hmm. boom 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 uh like that really stood out to me like i know we've seen that before in star wars but i think just like the the one big one and all the little ones popping in there's something about that i was like God this, damn. this episode just felt it felt like season finale shit. And it's yeah. not season finale, but it had that kind of like, oh, this. The weight to it. 
They're they're putting budget into this. Oh one. Like, yeah, this, like this seeing the all one. the ship and the details with everything, especially when we get into the the secret new first order uh, layer, and you see like the the tie. Uh, what is it? Not Interceptor. the TIE Fighters, but the TIE Defenders? Interceptor. Tie Defender Intercept. and Interceptor, I think, were yeah. the two in there. Um, seeing like just the details on them, I was like, oh, we're, we're getting some budget for this episode. It's nice. Uh, but yeah, they, they get onto the planet um, after like a shaky kind of like entrance because, yeah, it's like surrounded by this like eternal storm in the uh, kind of like just outside the atmosphere, it seems. I don't know, like how they're going to get everybody else down on the planet if they ever secure Mandalore, right? Because it was like, it felt like luck just getting that one ship down, but whatever. Uh, and then, yeah, we we meet up with some surviving Mandalorians who've just been living here since, and I know what you, what you might be saying here. Amongst their rank, Kevin, Skinny Pete from Breaking Bad is a fucking Mandalorian. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Let's fucking go, dude. I had to look. I like. I had to wait. I was like, "Is that him?" I haven't seen him in anything in ten years. Breaking Bad ended ten years ago. I guess he was in El Camino. Whatever. What have you? And I had to wait for the credits to see if it was. I believe his name is Charles Baker, and it was. It is. Yeah, Charles Baker. That's fucking awesome. And I, <laughs> I, I can't confirm this right now, but I think that one of the other uh, one of those, the Mandalorian that were with Skinny Pete, yeah, uh, is the the dude from Top Gun Maverick um, that like believed in Maverick. Oh shit! The, like, where he's just like. Yes. Like I when, when he finally it, makes so. it. Oh God, so oh, good. God, really? Yeah. Tim. No, no, that he hasn't I, seen Maverick. I know. Right? I, know I know. I know. I need Paul to watch the first one, either. but I also need to watch Creed really? two, don't. And three, and then I need the to watch one. John Wick two, no, no, no. three. I'm telling you right now, you out of that list, you only need to watch Maverick. <laughs> like legitimately, like, like let's go to Tim's house. Paula hasn't seen it either. Like it's she and like she needs to watch it right, and there's only one way to do that. Yeah, big. Um, but uh, yeah, the the homies in that, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I loved their weird little uh, their pirate ship. I know someone in this uh, in the comments saying they're not first order yet. I know that, but this is like this is the first iteration, and it's very clear with the the stormtrooper armor. What we're gonna see of the Praetorian Guard later on, like that is that is the very early remnants of the Praetorian Guard that we see in the Last Jedi. Yeah, and it's fucking sick as hell. It really uh, is, and so. They uh they're taken to the forge uh below uh below ground kind of like yeah underneath like the weird glass that like was made by all the bombing um and I think a little bit before that actually we get the great moment where you know uh Din is like really like yo like I will serve you until the end and he, I got some simp vibes and I really loved it like, <laughs> I in my head canon I love the like the fact that like maybe Din has a little bit of a crush on Bo Katan. And I just, I, I think that's pretty neat. Uh, I love some of the lines of dialogue during this little bit of him being like, uh, what means more to me is honor yeah. and loyalty and character. You taught me about this play and I, I don't know what it is. You're, you're the one that gives it importance. Like, it's like, yeah. that was so good. And I like, know. this is, this is like, I, I know I, this blade means nothing to me, man. Yeah. And like, he only respected the rules because again, maybe he's got a crush on Bo-Katan and it's like, oh, the my, my crush says it's really important that I can't just gift it to her. So... I don't know. I guess I got to keep it. <laughs> um, and then uh, let's see here. Yeah, this is where I wrote down. Is Skinny Pete a Mando? Yes, confirmed. Um, and then, yeah, we get the moment where the armor takes the sick uh, crew back to the fleet because the some of the surviving pirate Mandos are not doing well. They're looking for food. They're, like, kind of starving. And yeah, I, I find it interesting that you're, you're getting the... the you're getting the vibe, and I saw some of the chat getting the vibe that she is. Armor. She's like selling, selling people out. And I, I mean, this episode's called "The Spies." I know. I so know. 
that could literally just be the, what we saw in the opening scenes with uh, Elia. But there, there's, there's always, always a two. Meaning. There's yeah. always two. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think at this that point that bums me out. I wanted her to be a friend. I know there's so, the expectation of like maybe she's the main villain for this season that we were talking about very early on. Um, and I liked more of like maybe she's not that. And so it'll be interesting to see like what her end goal was here. Yeah. Like maybe she wanted. Maybe her secret desire is to not actually reunite the other Mandalorian, but to gather them to kill them all. That isn't part I mean, of her like, Death Watch uh, cult. That's insane. There's a lot that they could do. That's like that's like the plot to the Force Unleashed him. Oh, if you right. remember, yeah. of like <laughs> Vader has a secret little apprentice, and he's like, gather people Get who them. are enemies of the Empire and make a like a sweet little rebellion. And then his secret apprentice actually gets invested, and then Vader still comes in and it's like, my secret plan all along wasn't to start a rebellion against the Emperor. It was to bring all of our enemies together and fucking kill them in one blow. Fucking Christ, man. Yeah, I, I mean that that might be happening. So there's there's something I want to bring up, but I want to let's get through theory. the episode I know, and I start know. theorizing about the next one because yep, yep. things start getting real, real here, right? We get to Mandalore where we have a lot of the characters together now, and then there's the big reveal that Moff Gideon has a base on Mandalore, and it's totally like well, like before we even see that because there's the build up to it, right? And I love this is that you know. Uh, you know, we see some in the distance. Are those Mandalorians flying down? Are those more? And no, it's straight up. It's stormtroopers. They realize that it's stormtroopers with Beskar armor. No one said they fly now, yeah. which I was really disappointed by. <laughs> uh, and I also wanted the, one of them to say, they wear Beskar now. Oh, my uh, God. And uh, yeah, that entire fight scene, really, really cool. And then when they start advancing, when like, uh, I think it's Din who says, like advance or someone and the music that Dude. like builds up with like this really dark but like big big version of the Mandalorian it was theme was dope as hell and of course Grogu coming up the rear in his little IG12 unit very scared for him this entire time yeah uh, and but then, the, the musically sticking on that for a sec the build up of this of like the big theme and like the action set piece feeling like like more than what we're used to on these shows it culminating in the Paz Vizsla fight and getting a song that's reminiscent of Duel of the Fates, and they just fucking went for it. Yeah, man. they're like, "Yo, we we want you to feel the things, and you're you're going to." I thought they did such a good job with the choreography of all this, and I love as they so as they advance, you start because you know Mandalore's messed up and everything is like broken down and old and grimy. Sort of like it, the remnants that are still around are definitely like remnants of like a, like just a bombing, right? And so they start advancing on these troopers through this cave system, and you start getting little hints of like, wait, What's that, that technology looked newer and is actually yeah. operational. What's going on here? And then they're led into a hangar of a full-on secret early First Order remnant so base sick. that we kind of realize that's where Gideon was at the very beginning of the episode, and now you understand why he's concerned about the Mandalorians coming to try to take back Mandalore. And you're like, oh, oh it all shit. connects. <laughs> uh, it's so good. And then you also get the connection of like, why was there Beskar armor uh, in the ship that Gideon got broken out of? And my thought was like, oh, maybe the bow uh, people who were being hired as hired guns, maybe they're hired for it. And then you're like, no, fucking stormtroopers with Beskar armor. That's why. Uh, and again, I love that the little subtext starting to finally pay off in this episode. Um, <clears throat> but we yeah, we and, totally skipped the big kaiju fight. 
John Favreau and Filoni love these fucking kaiju fights in this. Oh, we did. Oh, right? my God. <laughs> that was in this episode. There was a lot. In it was a lot, and it looked sick as hell. And I love, like, Tim, I thought Tail Whip was just a, like a move used to kind of, like, slow your opponent down. But this motherfucking kaiju uses his tail and completely knocks out the pirate Mandalorian ship. And I was like, no, it looks so cool. And the way it explodes, you see some Mandalorians taken out. Holy crap, I loved that. This is a cool-ass episode, yes. man. Again, someone would say the best of the series. And then, so yeah, we get this whole reveal, and all of the Mandalorians are kind of taken aback because they assume that, like, no one's really been doing anything here. But then we get the kind of big reveal of, like, no, they've been building on this thing for a few years. And just the tension where Bo kind of gets a couple of steps back, and then the doors close. And the only people left in the hangar are Din and the a couple of characters, and then unnamed characters <laughs> who get taken out like almost immediately. And it's Din against up these like other stormtroopers with uh, you know, this Beskar material, and they're pinning him down. He's trying to use his flamethrower to like set him up on fire. And then we get the reveal of Moff Gideon with his own stormtrooper Beskar armor flying down, flying down. Definitely got like. Darth Vader vibes a little oh, bit yeah. with like the voice modulator. And he's always had the chest thing too. He's always had the chest thing, but now the chest thing doesn't look awkward with the like rest of his suit. It always yes. kind of looked awkward with what he wanted. I agree. It. And then this was like, you know, he he was building his uh, you know, his little film studio in parts, right? Like you did, Tim. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. it's finally coming together where you're at right now, where you're like, it's finally yes. come together, it's finally looking good. And yeah, it kind of looks like the um uh, the character we were talking about, uh, Gar Saxon. Mm. It kind of looks mm, like his yeah, Mandalorian right. stuff from Cl uh, Clone Wars Season 7, uh, which I found very interesting because it felt like a little bit more Maul-inspired back then. But so other people pointed out, he's got little horns. You know who else has horns? The, the armor. armor. Which is, like, freaking me out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, like, I, Dude, I, like it's a cool theory, but it makes me sad. Um, this scene was incredible. Like, Mando getting taken out by them and, like, being pinned down, it was like, there was a, an actual fear to the point that this is kind of where I'm at here, uh, where I was saying I want to talk about theorizing. Mm. I don't think they're going to do it. But are they going to kill Mando? <laughs> like, was this just all a fucking thing just to get Bo where she needs to be and just fucking kill him? I don't think they're going. They can't. No. They need the Mandalorian See, no, for the no, no, movie, no, no. man. Uh, let me get through some of the, the other stuff here, and I'll, I'll respond to that. Um Sad Grogu when he sees uh, Din on the other side of the glass made me uh, very sad. Yep. Gideon being like, this is the perf the perfected uh, warrior armor. You want to know why? Because it has me. me in it. Big eye roll there. <laughs> Whatever, Gideon. You're, you're, like, you're like a wimpy little dude outside of that. Um, yeah, he really wants the Darksaber back. He, oh, and we learned a little bit more about the context of like why he had the Darksaber like, back in season one. Like the struggle that Bo went through like in the, you know, the last couple of years of the Empire. Really sad stuff, and you really understand, like, why she's had this chip on her shoulder of, like, actually earning that. But again, you know, you have the whole conversation of Den being like, you, you're only giving that importance because of, you know, whatever made-up fairy tale. Like, these are the th real things that are uh, important. We get a little bit of Gideon's real kind of science experiment that he wants, where he wants to make the perfected soldier of, a, like, mix between a Jedi and a Mandalorian. Yeah. Which is like... All right. Are, I guess because like, it's what why? the show is, so. Yeah, but then does that turn into weird Snoke people? 
that maybe. maybe like maybe that's what Gideon wants as a new leader because they know as an empire they need to have someone like that as a leader. So he makes that, but then maybe uh, you know Palpatine gets a little bit of uh, understanding of like, oh, that's happening. I'm gonna take that over. That's my project now, and that's yeah. I'll just use that as the face for my first order bullshit. We'll fucking see. <laughs> we'll we'll see. <laughs> They'll explain it or they won't. <laughs> and I just love the line in a few moments. The purge of Mandalore will be complete. That was almost the other quote that I used. At the <laughs> um, and then we get the big sacrifice. Paz Vizsla. Paz Vizsla. Taking one for the team. Yeah, John Favreau, uh, you know, rest in peace in the show. Um, yeah, getting everybody out. You know, Bo uses the, the Darksaber to get everybody out, but they had already dragged Din away. Din is, like, captured. Uh, and, yeah, Paz has, like, this fight with other stormtroopers. I love that, you know, at one point his super cool Gatling gun breaks. Dude. He's like, well, I'm the weapon now, bitch. And it just starts It doesn't just great, uh, break. It, like... He, he just won't stop shooting it, and it yeah. just heats up, and you see it slowly get engulfed in, like, laser flame? Like, yeah. I don't know, but it was fucking cool. It was really cool. And then he just starts going after each and each one, and, you know, uh, he finally does it, and he, like, throws the last two off the, the edge, and you're like... Is it he felt about so to... video game, dude. Yeah, it felt very video gamey, and then you have that moment where, like, oh, is he just about to get out of this? Like, are they not committing? And then... The early version of the Praetorian, Praetor, I can't say the fucking name, the red fucking guarded people from uh, specifically the designs of The Last Jedi, very early versions, not the same helmets, but- Same you, weapons, though. S- early Those, versions the, the, of the, the weapons. The whips and shit, oh my yes. god, dude. And they it start so taking cool. this dude down, and the way they kill him was brutal. brutal. As brutal as they can be for whatever PG-13 Disney Plus. I don't know how much but more the brutal way they that could they're go. they're stabbing him, like, it, they're not showing the body horror and, like, blood, bleeding out, but the way they stab him was just like, goddamn. And then they just walk off, and it fades to black, and that's the episode, Tim. Yeah, man. And then it, they did the thing where the credits weren't completely silent, but it was essentially silent. Yeah. Normally we get the like you know more bombastic Mando shit, and this was just kind of concept art, letting us sit with what we. Jared just Myers uh, points on the de- uh, chat just stabbing through Beskar too, like yeah, that man. was insane. Like lightsabers can't do that. I, I didn't expect to see those guys show up and be the way that they were. I know it was impressive. Like again, this is like oh shit, like this is what. You, the and you hear uh, Gideon like ask for them at the beginning of the episode. But yeah, you didn't think that that was going to be the exact payoff. Like that was that was insane. So to go back to your thing of like, are they about to kill Din? I don't again, think I, so. I don't think they are either. It's just like I, I think the this way is more going to reflect uh, or mirror because everything has to rhyme in Star mm-hmm. Wars, right? In season two, right? Grogu gets kidnapped by Gideon, and then Din goes uh, brings the team together to go save him. I think this will be Grogu's IG-12 moment where his dad gets taken by Gideon. And now, you know, maybe there's some infighting with the Mandalorian still of like, you guys fucked this up. No, you guys fucked this up. Why? How have you guys survived on this planet for the last 12 years? All this infighting. And then maybe Grogu goes, no. <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> and brings the team together and goes and saves his dad. I would love that. But I... We'll, we'll have to see, man. Cause One ep left, man. And it, we're in an interesting place where it's like there's a, an obvious path forward, but I feel like how we get there and where we go from there, th- it doesn't feel like there's a season finale ahead of us. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm. I, I don't know like what what are going to be the the events that happen that are like, holy shit, that, that's the end point Then we're moving on next. Like, where we're at now kind of feels more that way to me. Yeah. So I'm just interested in, in the characters of where they're going to be because now that Paz Vizsla is dead – we don't have many people to connect with in a leadership capacity from that side of the Mandos besides mm-hmm. the armor. 
and, and if she's a spy, yeah. Then it's like it just kind of puts them in a weird place, and then the death, death, or not death wash. Is it death wash? It's, Whatever the fuck it, they, they are. They do say of like uh, they are like remnants of death watch. Like death watch Sasha is no Banks one. and them, right? Yeah. Um, like we have them. We have Bo, obviously being like with the dark saber and leader. Do you think that by the end of next episode, Bo still has the dark saber? Yes. And I, 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 that's personally just what I want because I don't want more Darksaber jumping around. I, I'm right she's, there with you. She's we got it. it. It's, her, it's her weapon. It's in her hands. Uh, yeah, I just say just stick with it. So, uh, yeah, that's, man. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated to see what next week's is going to look like. And, yeah, if there's setup even for a season four, like I, I think there was mention, right, or you were saying on the Ahsoka Reacts thing that, Maybe they're, you know, they do have a plan to end for Mandalorian as a show. What does that look like? Do they kill Din here? And then the rest of the show becomes Bo-Katan. Like, the Mandalorian title can mean many different things, like each episode title does. So the Mandalorian did start out as the Mandalorian Din Djarin. But that can evolve over time of the meaning of that. It could mean Bo-Katan. It could mean... Uh, Boba Fett. It could mean Sabine Wren. It could mean them as Grogu. a collective. It could mean Grogu and my little Babu Frick friend right here, the Azellan. Um, it can mean a lot of things, and I think with that, like, uh, and it's like each episode title. There's always a double meaning. So, um, I'm at I'm back at the point where it's like I'm just I'm I'm on the ride, and I think I'm on, at this point going to enjoy it no matter what. Unless speaking of ride, unless we get uh, Lizzo Jack Black return next episode. You think she's gonna ride the Mythosaur next week? No, I uh, maybe for a second I was like, but the Mythosaur's on another planet. But no, they're back on Mandalorian. Fucking maybe, man. There's so much that happened in this episode that it wouldn't surprise me anymore. That in a finale that's maybe 45 minutes long, that a lot happens, and on top of all that, Bo-Katan rides on a fucking Mythosaur. This was a a pretty extended episode for Mando. Yeah. This yeah. This, might be one of the longest episodes, 52 minutes, I think. So mm. like, there was, they filled it, too. Like, oh, there was yeah. a lot going on. So, yeah, very excited for next week. One thing I want to throw out there, just a prediction throw for out. Star Wars in the next five years, Barrett. I'm going to say it right now. It is April 12th, 2023. By April 12th, 2028, Star Wars, in some on-screen fashion, whether it's TV or movies, will introduce a character named Glup Shitta. They're going to do it, and we're going to lose our fucking shit. No, they're not. 100%. They won't have a swear in the name of a, of a character. It won't happen. Shadow has two Ts. I know, but... The, I don't... Uh, mm, uh, maybe. Mm. Five years, everybody. Five years. That, we're getting closer. Let us know in the comments. We are getting by the minute. Let us know in the, the comments below what you thought about this super fucking awesome episode of The Mandalorian and what your predictions are for next week's and then finale. Come, then come back here next week. Yes. Talk about the 11.30 a.m. Pacific Live, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. It'll be me, Barrett, Anthony Carboni, and Sage Ryan giving all of our thoughts. I hope it's good. I hope it puts us in a good yeah, place. I, I hope it lands on its feet. And even though we had a weird ride throughout the entire season, I hope we leave this season excited for more. Exactly. But until then, may the force be with you. Awesome.